No one uses Launchpad. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about browsers and tabs today. Uh, Jules, you use a lot of browsers, and Jordan, you have a lot of tabs in your Safari because you don't <laughs> seem to clean them out. That's not true. Well, and it's I know it's true. It's Safari as well. I've seen it on your phone. Oh, I forget Safari has tabs on my phone. Yeah. So we'll start with we'll start with Jordan and his tabs because I, we've gone into this already. Before we started this podcast, we were at a a pub, as you do, and uh, noticed that Jordan had like at least 40, 50 tabs on his Safari or something like that on your phone. Why don't you clear mm. them out? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I'm just not very good at it, right? <laughs> just to, to be truthful. Basically, what happens is, I go to Safari and I treat it as this one page kind of application where I don't realize it's got tabs. Um, what happens is when I click on links from other apps, some of them open new tabs up. So I will always go back to that tab. So what happens is it's just a, it's a vicious cycle of going from applications, open links to Safari, which then open a new tab, which I forget it's open a new tab. And by the end of the year, I've got maybe 3 million tabs open. So, that, so what you're saying there is that you use the browser differently on the phone than you do on the PC because you, you're just kind of using it as like a single window type browser. Part of the part of the problem here is that um, iOS doesn't let you set a default browser, right? And you, I assume you use Chrome for your actual browsing. Yes, I use Chrome on my Windows machine. Well, no, on your phone, do you use Safari? Uh, sorry, do you use Chrome? No, I've not got Chrome installed. So Safari is your, your phone's browser? That is true. Oh. Everyone sounds shocked and surprised. Yeah. I thought you'd use Chrome. No, I've thought about it, but then I thought, you know what? Why would I want to... I already have a tab problem on my phone. Why would I want to have two tab problems on my phone? So that is how I end up with uh, tabs in Safari that I forget about because when I click a link, sometimes it'll open in Safari, not Chrome. And then you end up closing Safari because I use Chrome on my phone. And then you go back to Safari one day and you're like, oh, I'll just clean these out. And there's like 12 of them. But I don't let it get to like 40, 50. What I do hate, and I guess I use hate as a strong word, what does mildly annoy me is when I've, because I use Google's inbox app for Gmail and I, I really like it. On the phone? Yeah, on the phone. On the phone. Right. right. Um, you know, to do list style email inbox and then every time oh not every time i think every time it updates it will then ask me whether i want to download chrome and set that to the browser that it opens all links in and i don't mind that popping up once to you know mm. but and you know it says don't ask me again and you click that but it asks me every time it updates and it's so frustrating i found that with google like they they are really 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 bad at pushing chrome if i use edge to surf any google thing and i don't use many google things but that's like uh, you know google search in any other browser or um youtube is a is a big one it's constantly pushing chrome all the time asking to download chrome it's better in chrome it's really <laughs> irritating well persistence is key right Oh, yeah, I guess so. But my God, they they really, really push it. Yeah, they do. 
And the, the, the annoying thing is with that is that's probably the reason I haven't installed Chrome or even given it a go is because it's mildly annoying me that they're pushing it so much through Inbox. <laughs> so he's just like, I'll show them. Yeah. <laughs> the benefits of using Chrome on your phone, though, is that you do get sync tabs and bookmarks and things like that. So, for example, I use it on my iPad as well. And uh, I will find a recipe, for example, on my, my Mac. And then when it comes to actually cooking it, I'll use my iPad and I'll just be able to go into my bookmarks or sync tabs and it'll be there, which is really good. I do like that. And I don't use Safari on the Mac, so I couldn't use Safari on the, the iPad as well. However, we're getting away from the actual topic here. Um, Jules, you mentioned uh, that Jordan uses his phone differently, uses his phone's browser differently to how you would assume. Well, it was just because it was kind of different to the PC. I mean, you know, browsers are browsers and we kind of think of them as what they are. But then if you think about it, yeah, the the phone is a kind of different browser to the desktop browser, isn't it? It kind mm-hmm. of is. And I, I guess I'm the same. I hadn't really thought about it. But when I click a link on a from an email or something on my phone, it just, you know, it just comes up in the browser that which is Edge, mm. which is the default for me. And I do a similar kind of thing to Jordan where I'll just, you know, forget about it, press the start screen and go off and do something else. And then I'll come back to it later and I will have multiple tabs. Yeah. Perhaps not that many because I clear them out. But um, it is a similar kind of thing. And it is very different on a PC because I don't tend to do that. I, as you know, hate typing on my phone. I don't like using it for browsing or like anything like that. So when it comes to... uh. When it when it comes to wanting to see content on it, for example, I'll, I'll I want a native app, and it and it you know yeah. that's the reason. So I try to avoid using browsers. Um, uh, native apps are obviously way better. I think that's that's all agreed. Um, but it does mean that I'm very conscious about using the browser on my phone, and that I don't want to use it. So I will clear out my tabs because I don't want them there. Yeah. Well, I feel like the form factor for me has helped though. So going from the iPhone six to the iphone 7 plus i use my browser for more stuff i find it's much more accommodating right and maybe that's why i've got more tabs open now it's just because i i use my browser a lot more Um, you know i'm opening a lot more links and i'm on my phone a lot more because i'm opening links from applications you actually feel like you could do things on it yeah mainly reading i use it for reading like reading blog posts is probably the awesome i say reading them skimming them very very quickly and taking the information i think is the main point and then it kind of turns out that it's not the main point because i've skimmed it too quickly (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah and and i i think having the the reason i actually upgraded my my phone form factor was i wanted to be able to do more on it and one of those things was reading and note taking but i think the browser is the thing that's obviously hit the hardest given everyone's assumption on the tab count in my safari um but yeah um, what i'm what i'm interested to know actually is how many how many tabs do you tend to have on the pc then uh maybe three four hundred <laughs> it depends if he's trying to debug something or not wait wait okay so this is this is a difficult one because i don't realize how many tabs i've got open until it's too late <laughs> So what happens is I'll start the day and I try and keep everything in, you know, in in Windows desktops or, you know, the equivalent of Mac spaces. And I'll I'll set up a space and it'll be right. Here's Visual Studio Team Services. You know, 
here's uh, maybe GitHub, and here's a couple of other things. But usually it starts with Visual Studio Team Services. And then I might be reading something like Hacker News, and I'll control click on every maybe 50, mm -hmm. the first 50 in Hacker News. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it goes wrong. Because what happens is I'll then flick a few tabs over and I'll just control click on all the things I find interesting, like the Wikipedia game. So then I end up with maybe 60 to 70 tabs open in one window. And then I'll need to debug something. So I'll open up a new Chrome window, right? And then I'll go, okay, here's a problem. And then being a developer, you know, you'll go, right, I need to Google this problem if it's something that you've not seen before or, you know. So then you open up a tab and then it's Google, right? And then you click, I control click the first four top mm -hmm. Google Stack Overflow articles, skim them and go and make a decision. And then I'm like, oh, look, some more links to a blog post that this Stack, uh, Stack Overflow article is kind of referenced in a comment. Oh, control click. And then I'll fix the problem and leave that window there. And then the next bug, I, I say this like we have lots of bugs, but that's usually not the case. It's usually a task or something. Yeah. Uh, the next thing that I'm doing, new window. And then by the end of it, I've got like six windows, each with 50 or 60 tabs open. And I can't really see anything because the tabs are so small that I'm like, you know what, you're concentrating with your mouse cursor to click on the right tab because you're assuming <laughs> that's the tab you've been in. And you're like, damn it, that's not the right one. And instead of closing it because I can't actually see the X button, I'm just clicking on the next tab. Um, yeah. That's an question. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it does get bad. And I, I know the feeling when you are reading uh, something from Hacking News, for example, and you do kind of open so many and then just read through them or close them. However, day-to-day, -day, if, if I'm not, you know, fixing something or Googling something as a, as a developer, um, standard tabs, I try and keep to my, my, my nice numbers, about like four, because it means I can use the CMD one two three four command keys without having to stretch, so I can just like switch between them. However, I've got into a really bad habit of using multiple windows, and then you know I might have ten tabs in one and ten tabs in the other. Yeah, that's how it starts. Because <laughs> that's how it starts. I've been working on so many different things right now and monitoring other things and that kind of stuff. So I end up with these these browsers that are sorry these windows that are. A section a set of tabs for different projects or different mm. reasons which is which is fine I, for me i like that separation but it means that i end up having them minimized in my dock for a while until i need to switch back to it yeah i don't think that's a bad thing though like i'm the same i just i think i let it get out of hand on purpose like i i sound like as if it's really it's coming across as really unproductive but generally speaking my main window usually we'll have four or five tabs open and they will be the things I'm working on or, or things during the day. But what happens is I'll just, I'll lose, I'll lose my place in the day because I don't get to just kind of sit down for, for three hours at a time and, you know, do my job because I'm doing a million and one other things. So I get pulled <laughs> away and that is probably the catalyst for why I have so many tabs open. Um, but that's fine. Like my, I sound really. Un, I feel like I sound really untidy. My desk is relatively clean. Mm, that's not true. <laughs> I saw you do something the the other day that blew my mind. In fact, it was yesterday. And you selected a tab. You right clicked on it, and you said close all tabs to the right. And I was like, oh, I could never do that because. And it's not like I, I'm aware that you you're like, oh yeah, I know what's in those tabs, right? 
Oh, I, I don't need those tabs anymore. I have no idea what's in those tabs. Well, exactly, right? That's my problem. I could never I could never close that tab. Oh, I do stuff like that all the no, time. Oh, God, care. no. Or I, or I press Control W like dozens of yeah. times. WWW, just keep going until everything's closed. I'm happy to Control W on a window, but I cannot close multiple windows just because they're to the right of an, a current tab. Like, I, I can't do that. Because I need to uh. do them individually and process them. <laughs> like, right, nope, 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 good. Instead of being like, nope, for all of these. So basically, I might say that I have no idea what's in those tabs, but generally speaking, when I'm organizing my tabs, I'll drag everything that's important to the very left and everything to the right that's not important. I do that. Right, so then when I right-click, I can close all tabs to the right with 80% certainty. Yeah, that's not good say, enough for me. yeah. Well, it is for me. It's like a, I want to say like a Monte Carlo simulation, but that wouldn't be strictly true. It's like, I know enough about the information on one side to uh, make a judgment call on the other. You're just living on the edge. Because you've opened these things, they're in your history anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. And I find I've never had to go through my history before to find something that I've closed. Um, Generally speaking, I'll remember what URL it was at. And just type the URL in and Chrome will just automatically kind of be like, oh, this was here. That does that does it for me. I very I rarely think. use history. I very rarely use it. And I, I, yeah, I couldn't live on the edge like that. I couldn't just close things. Because it's not just about the page. It's about what about the state in that page? What, about, what are you currently doing? Like, what's, what, what's halfway <laughs> wow. through? How wow. am I supposed to know? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. How could, what? You know, I'm not even going to. To wrap this one up, uh, Jordan, are you going to clean out your tabs on your phone at all? Or are you going to keep the, the list growing? It's not that It's not that bad. Although the last thing I googled was I was at leapsecond.com looking at local time versus UTC time versus GPS time versus Lauren time versus TAI time. Great. I mean, that's better than it being something not safe for the podcast. But <laughs> What do you take me for? Jules, I think did we did we mention this before that you use multiple browsers? Yeah. So <clears throat> listening to what what you guys say there is just I it's very very different to the way that I use um you know browsers. It's really different. Um so before I get into the multiple browsers, I don't so you guys read hacker news. I I don't. Um I'm kind of, a, I came from a old school world of RSS readers. Uh, I don't know whether you guys use them very much, but um, yeah, so I, I don't tend to do that looking at a feed. I mean, I do I do look at a couple of sites like that, like TechMain, but um, I tend to use an RSS reader for finding kind of that, that kind of thing. And it doesn't go into a browser. It's got a, a built-in reader in it. So that's a kind of one side, because I think that's where a lot of your tabs tend to come from and you're one wondering about the state of those mm. but yeah i um i tend to use multiple browsers um so i i use edge which is the day-to-day surfing the web clicking around type browser trustworthy i use chromium um which is for usually work related stuff mm-hmm. uh, and there's a reason why i use chromium because it has uh, really good support for different profiles. Um, yeah, I you know Firefox does as well, but I think I like the way that Chromium does it. 
there are things I don't like about Chromium. There are things I don't like about all the browsers, but generally, you know, Chromium does a, a good job at that. And then I use Firefox Developer Edition as well. So three right. different browsers, multiple profiles in Chrome. Um, and each one, uh, so Edge is pretty much standard. I think it sounds like how you use Chrome, which is you, you click something, it loads up in Edge, you close it, it's gone. You leave that logged right? into certain accounts and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's logged into my Microsoft account. Yeah. So if I go to OneDrive or something like that, it just logs in to my uh, Microsoft account mm-hmm. straight away. Um, you know, so, and and those kinds of things. There are other websites, lots of websites. Anything that's kind of like me, personal stuff. It's usually I tick the remember me box in a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of that's similar to how you use Chrome, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then on uh, Chromium. Uh, they that's usually authenticated to organizational accounts because Microsoft have a bit of a, um, a they've got a distinction between a personal kind of Microsoft account and then an organizational account which is backed by an Active Directory through Office three sixty five or something like that. Mm. So if I authenticate to one of those and then I go to say for example Outlook dot com, it will log into that mailbox, not my personal mailbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Chrome set up in that way, but unlike, sorry, Chromium, the (laughs) distinction here, it's it's the blue icon, not the uh, colorful one. Um, And uh, that is set up so that it doesn't close the tabs when you press close. And I assume you guys close your tab. If you close the browser window, it closes the tabs, right? What? Mm -hmm. If If you close your browser window, you lose your tabs, right? Correct. Right. So, so Chromium is set up so that that does not happen. So if I close Chromium, it doesn't pop up and say, hey, do you want to, you've got tabs open, which I hate, by the way, pop, pop-ups when I'm trying to close an application. No, thank you. Um, so it just closes. It just instantly closes. But when I open it again, it, it opens again with all the tabs that it had previously. You can set that up in Chrome, I'm sure. I well, have, this um, is Chrome. I mean, Chromium, Chromium yeah. and Chrome are the same thing. It's just, it doesn't yeah, have yeah. any of the Google stuff in it. It doesn't have any of that Google Sync yeah. code and th- things like I think that. I've, I think that's... That's definitely obviously definitely an option. I don't think it's enabled by default. I know that obviously if Chrome crashes, it'll reopen or well, it'll ask if you want to restore all the tabs you had open. Yeah. And so, usually I'm like, no, because I don't know what I had open. So I have a question. Yeah. The default behavior on Windows is that if you press X, it quits the application. Depending on the application, obviously, but the majority of the time when you hit X, it closes the application and therefore quits it. Yes. Correct. On a Mac OS, uh, when you quit an application, it doesn't quit it. It closes the current active window. Yeah, that's right. So, so, so Windows is wait. a window-based application, whereas on uh, OS, te- sorry, Mac OS, yep. it's more the application owns a number of windows. Yes, yes. So it's a slightly, it's a subtle but slightly different model in the way so that the software works. What you yeah, are describing but, here is that when you press X, it doesn't quit Chrome, but it keeps it open oh no it, it, it quits it quits chrome right the, so it the, just the, it knows about the, the tabs the, okay yeah the chrome the chrome executables all close so yeah. um they are they're all gone but it keeps the tabs it remembers what they are so that when i load it again it just reloads those tabs okay. because i use most multiple profiles on chromium mm-hmm. then when i load each profile it loads the the previous tabs i had open in that profile Right. Yeah. So, so Jordan mentioned that every morning he opens Visual Studio Team Services 
I don't need to because as soon as I load that profile in Chromium, Visual Studio Team Services, the Azure portal, and anything else that I was doing for work in that browser is mm-hmm. open again. Yeah, I, ha- I say I open it. I've got it set up to open those tabs by default. Sure. So. Yeah. There's there's another there's another option. I did try that, but I found that it doesn't that doesn't work very well in Chrome. Because if you open multiple windows, then you get a bit of an issue where it only remembers yeah. the previous uh, pinned tabs from the last window that you closed. So, so that's it. No, these are, yeah, mine aren't pinned tabs, They're obviously, but that would be really nice because one thing I would love is if those tabs that opened were pinned tabs. Sure. Right? That's that's something I don't understand why. I, I tried it. it. It didn't It didn't really work. Yeah. It, it doesn't really work very well. But the, the solution that I use now, which is just to just keep the tabs open when I close the window, works absolutely perfectly for me. Because you don't need to make uh, these decisions, these kind of decisions that you're saying here, whereby you're closing all the tabs to the right. I don't need to do that. I just close, if I want to close my browser, that, that browser, that particular profile on that browser, I just press X and it goes. It doesn't ask me any questions. And if I reopen it, it comes back and that's it. Mm. It's it's nice and easy. Now keep in mind, I am not, like I said, I use an RSS reader. So I am not just surfing the web in these things. I've, it's Visual Studio Team Services. It's Azure Portal. Yeah. It, it may be something like GitHub related to an issue or Stack Overflow related to an issue or some some other thing, but it's all directly related to something that I'm doing for that particular part of my work life. Mm -hmm. And then I have a a few of these. So for example, if I'm doing work on my website, um, you know, I've got that logged into my website and available. So I can actually do that in a separate uh, Chromium profile as well. Um, I could do that in Edge, but I do have, I do have one in there as well. So that if I load that up, it'll just load up all the, Mm -hmm. the backend for WordPress and everything straight away. Um, and then the other one that you mentioned, Jordan, was that when you're debugging something, so I assume, I don't know if you've got visual studio set up to point to, um, Chrome as that's your default browser, but I use Firefox developer edition for that. So if I'm debugging something, I don't use uh, Chromium or edge for this. I use Firefox developer edition. So that's where the, the other browser comes in. Mm. So that's yeah, multiple browsers. They've all got different uses, but I don't have you. I don't have the same problems that you guys have with tabs. Uh, well, Jordan has <laughs> more so. I embrace the problem. It's, so, it's not a problem if you like it. Oh, and uh, sorry, <laughs> it's worth it? mentioning that Firefox Developer Edition is also set to keep the tabs open. So right. I, I find that um, the Firefox Developer Edition is very, very good at doing things like viewing JSON and XML and stuff like that. It's it's got a really nice way of viewing it. Uh, you know, collapsible, easy to look through, uh, more so than the other browsers. Though I'm sure there are extensions that do good jobs for that for Chromium, but the Firefox Developer Edition just does a good job. This does seem quite cool. To be fair, I mean, it has some stuff in it. Although Chrome's Chrome is is my home. Um, but so when we, so when we first, uh, introduced the fact that you had multiple browsers, to me, at least it was absolutely crazy having the discussion about tabs and how you, and seeing that you use not just browsers differently, but well, yeah, browsers differently to us. 
at least kind of kind of lets you off the hook a little bit, but it still still seems I, I don't excessive. think it's that I don't think it's that crazy. I I don't I don't. I see other people have issues where they've got multiple um you know tabs open and stuff. But um I think for me, I first started doing this um way back when my default browser was Internet Explorer and um I used to debug stuff in Visual Studio and uh, it would attach itself to the debugger in Internet Explorer because Internet Explorer had a good debugger for doing things like JavaScript. So Visual Studio and Internet Explorer would then link together when you're doing some debugging. And if you then opened up another tab and went, oh, actually, I'm just going to bing, back then it's probably MSN search, this um, (laughs) this issue to find a solution for it, and you click on a web page, right it would go oh javascript error on this web page because every website out there has javascript errors and when you've got a debugger up and running it's so painful to surf the web so i don't have that problem i guess because i i don't have my ides for example tied into browsers yes so so what you would get is when you're actively debugging something in um in visual studio IE was the best because it would link directly to the debugger. But then mm. surfing the rest of the web was just a nightmare because you would get all these errors from these other places. And they would appear in Visual Studio that for some reason it wouldn't know that it's only the site that you're looking at. It's I, Why it was like that, I don't know. But that was the past. And that's when I started using Chrome and IE together as two separate browsers for that reason. That was when I first started doing multiple browsers. It was a long time ago. That was when I first started doing it. And since then, it's just been, it's just made sense for me to do this. Uh, it just, that's, I think of them in, as like different applications rather than, you know, mm. they're they they, they they're different. Like they're not logged into the same things. I don't do the same things in them. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know what to say about this because it doesn't apply to me directly. Like, because it seems bizarre to me. But if it's, if it works for you, I, I guess that's that's fine. <laughs> you do you. I don't know. It it doesn't seem that weird to me. But then, hey, you know, uh, fair enough. I Jordan, anything to say about this? You you actually, I have a question for you, Jordan. You okay. you do similar things to Jules. You have. You you work on Windows, you yeah, Visual Studio stuff. Yeah, do you not see these same issues? Uh, yeah, totally. Um, so a lot of the issues Jules has solved, I have taken his solutions. Um, things like PowerShell profiles and setting up my computer to be nice, and I, I mean like the defaults on most operating systems are just crap. Um. The mm-hmm. browser situation is a bit different, like because this is fairly new for you, Jules. And I mean, when I say when I say that, I mean in the last kind of year and a bit, you've started to do this. Where you've had three different browsers, right? Um, I only added Firefox Developer Edition to the mix in the last year, I suppose. Yeah, and then you used Chromium predominantly for dev stuff. 
up yes. until you know yeah and then you then you yeah. kind of into export so I, used, I used two for the longest time yeah. and then it's it's only recently that i have added the third to the mix so for me i have yet to look at the profile scenario that jules has mentioned i think that's actually really good so one of the biggest problems that we in the microsoft ecosystem have at the moment is if you have a personal microsoft account and then a work microsoft account to, to log on to like visual studio team services or something or even the azure portal for the last i don't know year if you get logged out it will take you about six hours to log back in because you'll have to refresh the page and clear your cookies because it thinks you're logging into the wrong account every mm-hmm. single bloody time it is, it's an absolute nightmare yeah and the solution to that was for for me literally clearing the browser's caches and you know cookies and that being said, Jules has obviously gone, oh, I'll create a profile and I'll have a personal profile and a work profile and I'll just switch between them. Lo and behold, that fixes it. So I can see where we're, we're, we're engineers, right? We're, we're, we're software developers. Some people are really like um, protective about their computer and what they install on it and how they procure it. And while I am, and I know Jules is, and I know you are, Andrew, the difference I think here is Jules sees Firefox Developer Edition and Chromium and Edge as different tools yep. for different mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. And me and Andrew, we see browsers as we just need one browser. They're not a tool, right? Uh, well, they mm-hmm. are a tool. But, you know, our browser is pretty much the thing we spend most of the time in, I would yeah. say. for that, In so, that sense, like Edge is my browser, right? If someone says, which yeah. browser do you use? I'd say Edge. Yeah, because that's my that's my browser, that's my surfing the web browser. The other two are tools. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, and I think I will move towards this scenario, and probably I I won't use Edge. I'm just I just don't like it. <laughs> but um, I think Firefox develop Firefox flops Fireflops. Um, Firefox Developer Edition sounds like a reasonable step for me because I would like to I'd like to put a barrier between when I'm doing dev work and I'm debugging things like um, yeah. REST APIs or I'm looking into... I, f- I find it's really good for that. And and, yeah. and the thing about the developer edition, which is quite nice, is that when you install it, it automatically puts itself into things like Visual Studio for you. It becomes available straight away. So you, in the dropdown for Visual Studio, because uh, for, for Chromium, you need to kind of manually add that. Mm. I, I, it might work straight off with Chrome. I don't know. But the, the builds of Chromium that I use... We'll put a link in the show notes to the, the different browsers that I use. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, but that one doesn't appear directly in Visual Studio straight away. Whereas the nice thing about Firefox Developer Edition is it, it just comes in straight away. And when you press debug in Visual Studio, it will launch an instance of it. If it's not already running, if it is running, it'll open a new tab in it. It just it works exactly as you'd expect. It does exactly what you would want it to do. Plus, you know, it's got all the the... the um, debugging tools that Firefox was so well known for back in the day. Mm. Yeah, like I remember Firebug wasn't that integrated into it, or did they it stop? It was an extension, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I remember seeing something like Firebug is discontinued because Firefox pretty much has everything. Yeah, it it does. It has its own tools. You don't need to yeah. put, you don't need to put any extensions in for this, and it is geared specifically for this straight out of the box. So, um, you know how it. There are buttons there uh, that you can put on the toolbar at the top to make it go into that responsive, you know, style mode. So you can um, do the equivalent of, you know, pretending to be an iPad or something. It's just it's just geared specifically for debugging the web, um, which which is quite nice. 
I, yeah. I, I, hmm. All right. So my thoughts on this Firefox Developer Edition. I see the benefit in having a different browser for developing applications in the browser, which I do very, very often. Um, however, this stuff, like I'm looking at this list of stuff that it's supposed to have and be a benefit of, and it's just it's it's all in Chrome. It is all in Chrome, yeah, absolutely. But my Chrome is is busy looking at Visual Studio Team Services. It's looking I'm, at my I'm, backlog. It's I'm looking at Azure Portal. Yeah, I'm letting <laughs> that's, you that's mean, I'm I mean. for. I'm gonna I'm gonna put put in before you start letting people off the hook, Andrew, because technically you should have access to all these browsers because you know we as a as a team should be making sure <laughs> every browser is supported by all our applications. As as we do, we, we definitely <laughs> do that. Yeah. yeah, because it's by proxy of testing on someone else's computer who has to have Firefox installed because you're, you don't want to install Firefox. Okay, yeah, and, right. And it's worth mentioning, Firefox and Chromium are both like bleeding edge uh, browsers. You know, they've yeah. got the latest, they get the latest in them straight away. So if something's going to break, you kind of know by using these browsers. And then Edge gets updated with with Windows and therefore I have slightly different builds of Edge depending on whether it's an insider machine or not. So but those, but Firefox and and uh, Developer Edition and Chromium are both kind of bleeding edge versions. Just taking a step back, Jordan, I do actually have Firefox installed. I know you do. Um, and that was that like that is purely for a testing reason. However, what I'm talking about here is having browsers for different purposes, browsers as tools, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and like but, I mean, I'm, you I'm have like, it as a tool. That is no, a tool I don't. For you. Mm. Yeah, because you're saying, well, I'm going to use it for testing. Well, that's now a I'm testing talking, tool. Okay, a, a, a tool in which we use daily or every week. And yeah. what I'm talking about here is using uh, Firefox Developer Edition for my daily developer tool, as in what I would develop applications in. But yeah. I'm, I'm fine in Chrome. I see the benefit of having these separated browsers, I guess, um, right another, now. Another kind of worth mentioning for me i, I won't go into this in a massive amount of detail but um i use virtual desktops a lot as well um, you guys know this but uh, i i think virtual desktops is still a bit of a a new thing for a lot of windows folk but i do That's tend to use Mac. well well yeah um the i do tend to use it um more so when i'm actually using the uh, surface book as you know a laptop rather than plugging it into a screen and the gestures are really really great for that so what you'll get is I will be working on the software that I'm currently debugging. So I'll use my you know, four finger swipe gesture to move to that virtual desktop. And then on that virtual desktop will be, um, you know, Visual Studio, maybe a PowerShell and uh, Firefox. And then I can use, then I just use three fingers to switch between the three of them, right? Because it's the equivalent of like a, you know, an alt tab. So four fingers to switch between desktops and then three fingers yeah. to switch between the applications. So I'm moving to developer world, which is whichever screen that is. It's usually the the one that my third, I tend to have four virtual desktops, not always, but I tend to have four virtual desktops. And the third one is like the developer, uh, the application that I'm developing. So I'll switch over to the, to the uh, third desktop. And then between there, I'm switching between the different tools that I'm using. So PowerShell for doing any kind of Git or anything like that. Visual Studio for actually writing the code, and then Firefox for running it and seeing how it works and seeing what the output is and stuff. 
So mm. it just it just makes sense because it's all in there. It's all in that one place for me. And it starts that way automatically. I'm not launching this application. It just starts as soon as I press play in Visual Studio. And then I'll use four fingers to swipe to another desktop that has uh, Chromium on it. And that's already logged into VSTS. And it's, so you kind of having multiple browsers is one thing, but then it's the having the desktops on top of it. It kind of adds an extra an extra layer. Um, so yes, I use it every day, but it's not like I'm... It's not like I'm meticulously setting things up. It's just that that's it. Just happens by default. Mm. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but it all seems to make sense to me. Yeah, I, I'm. I the problem is, like I said earlier, I think if this works for you, that's fine. I guess I still won't understand it. And the, the, what annoys me the most is that, uh, for example, when I've gone to show you something, um on your computer once, like when you're at my house and we're working on something. I don't know which browser to go for. And What, when you're using my computer? Yeah, <laughs> this has been like one or two occasions. <laughs> yes, I'm and sure that is the, that now, is the Even thing. though you've told me, this is not something that I personally am going to be able to go yes. instantly. And, and, oh, I need to use Edge for this. There's, and, um, there's, one, there's one other thing as well, actually, that's, that's just kind of worth mentioning. It's not just you. Uh, it's <laughs> clicking links. Oh, Clicking yeah. links is there's a, there is a question of well which browser does this go to? It's Russian roulette. Yeah, you just um, you've just rem- reminded me of that, and now this whole thing is just blown up in my head. You can't you can't use multiple browsers. I can't do it. Yes, well, actually, no. so um, I've something I've been playing with, and I haven't really set up properly yet, but I've been playing with is, and I cannot remember the, the tool. If I can find it for the show notes, I'll put it in there. Um, but I was looking at a tool which does redirection to different browsers depending on the url so you can put a regular expression in there that says if you're going to this vsts instance use this executable with some um, arguments to launch the link Mm. so for example you can say if it is company a.visualstudio.com load chromium uh, minus profile company a and if it's company B dot, then load that one. And then it would literally load the different browser depending on what link you click on. Okay. Um, I've been playing with it, not quite got it right yet. And then the, essentially what you do is you change your default browser in the operating system to be this utility that actually does a, a mm, redirect. I see. Right. Or you could just build something that you have different keyboard shortcuts or something. So if you, I don't know, press a certain key and click a link then it'll open up oh, in the same browser you, i could you know that you know this gets even more complicated for me because I, I run virtual machines as well and you know this you send me a yeah. link no, <laughs> and i'm yeah. like i'm not looking at that now because i'm on a vm i don't have sound i'll look at it later and then i yeah. have to take that url and copy it and paste it but they, these are my problems that way solves one problem creates 17 more i know i know Software engineers for you. Yeah. We're so clever. <laughs> if you'd like to keep updated with the Mavis Podcast, our Twitter handle is at Mavis Podcast. And you can also find us at MavisPodcast.com. We're on iTunes under Mavis and we'd really appreciate your reviews. And of course, feel free to tweet us any questions. Thanks for listening to the Mavis Podcast. So Andrew, you got an iMac.
I did. I uh, I finally pressed the button. I've been looking at this for a while, and there's there's, there's a, an entire backstory um, of why I've got this this new machine, and some interesting things and a current situation that I'm in right now that I want to talk about uh, just briefly. So I'm currently using uh, a MacBook Pro from 2014, uh, early um, mid 2014, so it's three years old now, and. Um, Jaws thinks it's falling apart. Oh, I, I, I didn't. When I said that, I didn't mean it in a bad way. No, I know. It, it's so. I think it's seen better days, hasn't it? It has. Um, recently, I, mean, I, I loved. Realized... I loved my Mac. I loved my Mac, and I used. I used it until it it was way too old. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, they 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 age they age in a nice way. I, I still plan on using this way. machine, um, and I'm using it right now. In fact, and I'll get into that. Um, but I basically realized that i need to take it into the apple store before apple care runs out because it has a dead pixel or something and some weird trackpad problems so i want to get it taken in uh, i don't have a machine to replace it so uh that kind of sprouted a, a, an idea in my mind that i should probably get a new machine um well i kind of need one to do that and also with starting the podcast as well some projects that i'm uh i'm wanting to work on i wanted something that was just like a really powerful like hub at home like a really like you know a powerful machine that's always there and doesn't require plugging in to my screens and power and all that crap um so i decided to go for an imac i got the top spec one apart from i got 8 gig ram in it and i've upgraded it to 40 using an uh, a 32 gig kit um i also got 250 256 gig ssd which I've got an external 250 over USB C as well. Is that the, sorry? Is that the main? That's the main disc. Is 200. And... It is. Yeah. Right. It seems small for a top level iMac. So, all right. Actually, it's not the top spec. It's a top spec CPU. So it's the quad core i7 4.5 gigahertz. I think. Or is it turbo booster 4.5? Um, right. It's the Radeon 575. I think it is. Uh, four gig memory graphics so it's the one below uh the top spec but with the it's just the gpu that's different um also you can get 64 gig in it and i went for i have 40 so that's cool um i don't need 64 gig and i also don't need the space day-to-day that a 512 ssd or a terabyte ssd would do and I also won't be going for Fusion Drive because they're a bag of crap. Um, what are they? Yeah, they they are really bad. They still they still do those Fusion Drives, do they? Yeah. So they are um they're a bit of SSD and a bit of uh, yeah, so movable. So it stores the operating system on the SSD, and then no. all your data on. No, does it? No, it, it does. It, it moves things around smartly. Now the SSD in it used to be 128 oh. gig. However, now it's 24. No. Oh, okay. Well, I can see why you do. So you would. So yeah, you'd be much better off having a proper SSD. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of tweets from Steve that I'll put in the show notes about how bad the the fusion drives actually are. So it's better just to go for the actual SSD straight up. Um, but the reason I went for the lower, lower internal storage is because I don't need it day to day. And when I am going to be requiring that extra space that I've got the external one for, I'll just use the external one, uh, which is, you know, podcast recordings or these other projects that I'm considering working on. 
So, mm. yeah, I got that. Um, however, the predicament I'm in right now means that I haven't actually turned it on yet. And I got it yesterday afternoon. And it's been oh. nearly 24 hours. <laughs> and this is teasing you there, it isn't is. it? It is. And I've been teasing you guys. Uh, yeah, well, I saw a couple, couple of pictures. However, you don't know what it's like living in this house right now with, with an iMac sat behind me just on a little table waiting to be to be used. And the reason is because I got it at lunchtime and I took it home, but I had lots of work to do, so I did that. Then uh, my girlfriend stayed over last night, which means I haven't been able to touch it. And then... <laughs> it's me or the iMac. Make your choice. <laughs> yeah, basically. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, and then I've had to record this podcast this morning, which is, you know, obviously great. I, I like doing this stuff. Don't worry, guys. Um, but I, I couldn't get it set up and replace my desk set up in right. time. So you haven't even turned it on yet? I haven't turned it on yet. And I have a dead pixel. <laughs> don't you <laughs> Sorry. dare. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be so pissed. I'll be, I'll be oh. so pissed off if it does. Um, but and the other point is that I've still got loads of work to do. So I'm I'm not sure when I'm going to get set it up. Right. Because it takes a little while to get set up with a new machine, doesn't it? And I'm going to do this one differently. Oh. Now we spoke about earlier, we mentioned, uh, Jordan mentioned that I, I do tend to uh not like to install things on my mac that i don't know what they are or i don't trust for example um however i want to i want to really rethink my entire setup both physically so i'm going to be de- deconstructing my desk a little bit uh as well as virtually and i want to be looking into what different tools i'm going to use and then automate that hopefully as much as i can so that when i uh, take the macbook in uh, when i get mm. it back i can clean it and get it, get it running similarly yes, to the I iMac. Do, I do. Um, not to take over the topic, but I, I, um, I do something similar where my scripts folder has uh, a markdown file, a PowerShell script, some um, registry settings, and a few yep. other things in it, which mean that when I get a new machine, one of the first things I do is I pull my scripts folder from Git, mm-hmm. and then I run through the install script. And some of it is manual, definitely. Some of it is automatic. But it really, really helps. It makes things way faster because it's like, oh, yes, I remember. I always want to change this setting. <laughs> I always want to install this thing. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of other things like um, my developer experience, for example. Uh, I want to I switch up a little bit. I want to experiment with some stuff. But I don't want to, I don't want to like end up with a really messy Mac and then have to redo it all again. Um, I also, the, re- the reason I want to do this as well is because um, the High Sierra beta Sorry, I won't be installing the High Sierra beta, and but I will want to upgrade to that because of APFS for one. Um, so, can you, sorry, I'm do you mind that. explaining that to me as a oh, which which Windows part? User. High Sierra is the latest version of macOS. Uh, is it still in development? So it's it's still in beta right now. I'm running ten point twelve point three, which is Sierra. High Sierra is ten point thirteen, which will be coming out. Uh, in fall, that's right. As, okay. as so that's so that's that's our that's our equivalent of the creators update and the fall creators update being very right. very similar with a silly thing in front of the name. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. So the beta right now has some issues um, because they changed. Uh, I'm pretty sure they changed Windows Server to be rendered by some metal stuff, which is really cool. But uh, I'll find the links for the show notes also that um, put the really oh, wacky so screenshots causing- in graphical glitches i th- i think yeah. i think i saw some screenshots a while mm. back of that it right? looks like yes. hallucinogenics it's crazy um cool 
but also APFS is is now uh, on the Mac in 10.13. Do you want to explain that one? Uh, I'm not, I don't have enough technical, like, well, I don't have enough knowledge about it right now to discuss it, however, I'm happy to read up on it more, but APFS is basically um, a file system built from the ground up for SSDs, um, and uh, it, it's going to be running, in fact, it is running on uh, iPhones now, iPads, as well oh, oh, yeah, as they switched. That was the um, the new Mac. A couple a couple of updates ago, they switched everyone's file system without anyone they did. really noticing, which was so great. Ten point three. They did quite well with that, didn't they? Yeah, amazingly. Imagine I mean, imagine how many devices are out there. I mean, their actual numbers. So you can go find them. Yeah. They whoever's on ten point three now is running APFS, and right. they did it. They did it in, in an upgrade step, and everyone's fine, which is crazy. I mean, a huge rollout. Um. But yeah, 10.13 will be running APFS. Now, this gives you some really cool stuff. Uh, some things that I'm looking forward to is the instant copy stuff because it does copy and write, which means that um, when you copy a file, it actually doesn't count it as a copy unless you start then writing to that copy, in which case it will then right. duplicate it and copy it. So you end up with, you can have two, you know, the same file in two locations, for example. And then as soon as yeah, you change without one... Without using the disk space. Exactly. Yeah. There's a load of other cool stuff to do with it. Uh, I'll have to we'll have to come back to that one. But it's is definitely really cool. Uh, I know ATP have covered quite a lot of it. But anyway. So when High Sierra comes out, I'll obviously want to upgrade to that. And I want to make sure that I can do another fresh install there. And have everything running again really nicely. Now... I've got quite a lot to install on the iMac, given the fact that everything for the podcast now has to be installed. And I also want to take it away from the MacBook Pro because it's just not that machine anymore for me. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting to, to running it. I'm just not sure when. And I've got to work out how I'm going to set it up at my desk. It's exciting though. Now, is. I know that you got a... Do they call it, is it is it called a magic trackpad? I always get the name wrong. Is it magic trackpad two? Is that right? Magic touchpad? I'm sorry. The magic flatbed. So they have the the original magic trackpad one, which was the the round barreled one, the, the cylindrical barreled one at the back for the batteries. Right. And the the new one is the magic trackpad two, which is lightning charged along That's with the, the kind of flat wedge shaped one. It is, yeah, and it's also much larger. Uh, the, the 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 trackpad one was uh, more square like, uh, and the reason is, is for this that I've got this trackpad now is because, um, as you you guys all know, I'm not a huge fan of trackpads on desktops yet. Uh, I love it on my actual MacBook, but when it comes to a desktop, I use a Magic Mouse. I right. have yeah. two original wireless keyboards of three. I mean, we'll go for two as a safe number. I also have two. Um, lightning charged magic keyboards which are the new ones to go with the magic trackpad right. 2 uh, and now i also have another magic keyboard and the oh, it magic came, trackpad it, one. it, it, it did, did you get yeah. to choose then as to which to get as to whether to get the mouse or the trackpad yeah so the the trackpad was a 45 pound up, uh, upgrade on the right. mouse so you're not getting a mouse with it no i have huh. i but i have my current so I have a a uh, magic mouse here that yeah. is... I'm sure you've got a couple. 
I have uh, four, four or five of them, maybe three. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> I'm not sure. I've had yeah. So the Magic Mouse Two is the one I've got here at my desk right now. This one will be staying to use on the iMac, and this one is Lightning charged as well. Um, however, I have a couple or three of the uh, uh, the previous Magic Mouses, so I have quite a lot of them. Um, and just over the years, I've just accumulated them because I would have some. At, home and some for different machines and then some at offices and things like that so i have quite a few i'll be really interested to see if you decide that you want to use this uh trackpad because i have so i actually keep a wish list of things that i want and on that wish list and it has been on there for a very long time is basically one of those for windows because i love using trackpad gestures i am really comfortable using trackpads I use, you know, different types of keyboards, different types of mice. I've tried lots of different things and I feel like more options is better than having just, you know, limited options, obviously. And for me, I would absolutely love to have a trackpad for my desktop. When I'm I'm in desktop mode, when I'm basically docked my surface, Mm -hmm. I I would love to have a trackpad for switching between, you know, the the desktops and, and things like that. It's just, it's a different way of doing it than using the mouse and i know your magic um mouse has all the gestures and stuff yeah not as many as the trackpad yeah having that trackpad for doing things like rotating uh, i'm sure pinch to zoom would be better on it it's flat surface rather Mm -hmm. than just being the i I can imagine it being really really nice to use and i'll be interested to see whether you end up using it quite a bit but um i want one but i wouldn't want to place my mouse with it because no i'd like i'd like the option of both um and i would just i would really like one for windows my main problem with using the trackpad as a the main mouse is the fact that right now i'm running a i'm running a 28 inch 4k display and uh i also will have the 27 inch display on the imac now i haven't decided yet if i'm going to be using both displays at once i need to work that out um that's that's why i'm kind of reconstructing my desk and working on what i'm going to do um the reason is because I, I love my trackpad on my mac but it's a 15 inch screen and i can get around it and it's nice but i don't know if i can i don't know what it's like to use a trackpad on such a large screen and if you have two of them then which blows which is why i, I want the mouse but the trackpad may come in handy for other situations like editing and things like that Sorry, can I just add something? Um, I don't know, John. You you've probably tried to use Andrew's mouse before. Um, yes. What? It's so slow. It's the it's the slowest <laughs> mouse in the world. When you move yeah. your mouse, right, it moves just the tiniest amount on yeah. the screen. You have really weird mouse settings. I do have it quite low. I've changed Andrew's mouse settings for my own personal benefit before when I've been using a computer. Yeah, you have it set up so weird. Um, and surely the a trackpad won't be any worse than that. So, um, it's not sp- well, no, it's not speed, it's distance. Um, right. Looking at the mouse, if you say you've got slow on the left and fast on the right, and then I am two two three steps into to to fast from slow, so I'm on the left side of slow. If that makes sense. Right. No. I, it's, right. It is but slow. It's, but it's really, really slow. And I will put really, a, really I'll probably put like a link to a photo or something in the show notes of where I've right. got it right now. 
but that's because like I don't need any vast like I can chuck it around like from one side to the other like really quick. I'm sure you'll be able to do the same kind of thing with the uh, trackpad. I hope, but mm. I, I I think it'd be really interesting. Like just scrolling what? around, like you know, zooming in and out of stuff using uh, you know Adobe Audition probably has the zoomy gestures. That's why I'm interested in it for editing podcasts mm. and things like that. Um, It'll be interesting to see because I've been also looking into different ergonomic keyboards and things like that over time. And I want to test. I want to test yours out when you get one. I want to test out your ergonomic keyboard. Well, the because... problem is I've been looking into different keyboard layers as well, but that's not a topic for right now. Um, anyway, and if the trackpad helps with ergonomics, then and it works, then I'm fine with that. It's just finding the right keyboard as well and what to do with the rest of my four five magic keyboards <laughs> so to, to to wrap this up i yeah i have the new iMac i haven't played with it yet i don't know when i'm gonna get to play with it i need to set it up it's gonna take time but i will i will i will, I will follow this up with how yeah. i did it and how i've got it so i think up. i think i want to know about this trackpad next next time we we have a chat yeah you'll have to come around and play with it i will play with my trackpad hot so we use Slack and Teams, which are both messaging platforms. We've used them for quite a while. If we take it, take it go on a little history trip, we've used uh, Slack since 2015, maybe longer, uh, before we even started uh, our company um, as kind of a, a base for one, personal things and just chatting and keeping up to date with each other as well as business stuff. Um, and when we started getting employees and growing the team at our company, we, we got teams, uh, we still keep Slack for various different things, mostly like the podcast and just keeping up between us as personally. Um, however, teams has its, its, uh, issues and so does Slack. And this actual topic is put in our list from quite a while ago and it is Slack is sh- yeah, it is, unfortunately. I remember when when Slack was new, um they they were they seemed, they felt very, very different. There's something about um Slack which just seemed so fresh. Back mm. then their Twitter was um different. <laughs> they they would respond to you on Twitter rather than just telling you to log a support call if you had an issue they were very smart witty funny they had this really interesting brand and while the brand hasn't well visually the brand hasn't really changed the the voice has the voice has yes what they're saying what they do and this seems to have gone hand in hand with a drop in quality yeah and Mm. i think slack slack has always had issues but now like they're adding things in that i don't care about so like much. video calling and voice calling yeah i'm not really fussed about those Neither. i mean maybe other other people are i mean we use this on teams but like for for slack it just it didn't seem like that was something i really cared about um but at the same time they 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 don't have a dark mode it's no. not responsive if yep. you resize the window you just can't see stuff mm-hmm. um I run into and, this problem quite oh. often when I'm because I run Teams and on my 28 inch 4K display, I have one at work as well. Uh, I run Teams and Slack next to each other in split screen. So 
when I come to open my MacBook when I'm away from that display, uh, they're both next to each other. Teams is fine, but Slack is this mangled app which is it's crossing over each other and you can't see to the end of your text bar and oh, it's ridiculous. It's it's it is terrible, but it I do prefer Slack to Teams yeah, right now. I mean, I I I used to absolutely love Slack. Mm. Um, you're a big fan. Uh, yep. I, I wear the socks regularly. My Slack socks. Um, but I just feel like they are, they aren't doing enough. Uh, you know, we pay for it. Yeah, we, we do. pay for it. Yeah. And yes, we I, do. I feel like I feel like it's not really doing enough for that. And of course, yeah, we you know we pay for Teams as well, but that comes as part of our Office three six five subscription, which is which is you know a a, a good way for Teams to gain some popularity. And mm-hmm. I know that they are different, and they have very kind of different views as to what you know collaboration is and everything else. But um, it's Slack is just so heavyweight as well, don't you think? Like the amount of processes it runs. The amount of memory it uses. Yeah, you put a GIF in Slack and it goes crazy. My machine is like running 100% CPU. Teams is the same though. And I Slack is still Electron based, is it not? Yes. Yeah, both of them are. Yeah, I don't think that's directly Slack or Slack's fault because the same thing happens with Teams. I think it is It is a technology decision and but, something they're not looking into. They should be looking into it and trying to reduce the overhead of using it. But I think that is purely down to electron i don't uh, know though because so what which which electron apps do you use day to day so teams and slack i don't use hawkeye much i should should advocate our own visual studio code yeah okay visual studio code postman i do yes Do, do you have those issues with those uh yeah okay so postman i find quite slow to boot up and it can be a bit laggy um, Visual Studio Code is the only one out of that list that I feel is actually yeah. Vis- Visual Studio Code is really, really good for performance for me. It it runs spectacularly well. I haven't seen the code and and how they built it, but presumably they have patched Electron in various different ways, and they probably have their own fork. I do not. I also just want to add in that um, when Atom came out, which is also Electron based. Um, all the TypeScript school, uh, tools, all the TypeScript tools for that, um, always run your computer like 100%. It was going crazy. Like it, it, it just went crazy. It's Code probably comes along, a tooling thing, though. It's built directly in and it runs amazingly. And I've never had a problem with code. Yeah, I think there's a difference between, so just on that, Atom versus Visual Studio Code. Atom was built as an editor, right? Yeah. With a plugin for TypeScript, someone wrote a plugin for TypeScript. Yeah, Visual yeah. Studio was code was built by Microsoft with native support for, you know, all the Microsoft tools that it wanted to put in. When it actually it wasn't actually Microsoft specifically, it was JavaScript and TypeScript that they focused on initially, and then uh, they built a really nice ecosystem around the plugins and and how you would integrate with them. Um, but Visual Studio Code was slow for for a while. You know, I remember it took ages to open. We had a discussion maybe seven or eight months ago. Um, I think it was just after they released it. Um, and I remember you, Jules, you were complaining. You were like, why is code so slow to open up a file that's like got 10,000 lines in it? Which <laughs> is kind of it's kind of obvious why it's going to be slow. Yeah, but, but it, but it you, would open real fast in GVim, right? 
Exactly. I was just about to say that, but <laughs> Vim. Oh, Vim, it opens up instantly and it's like, okay. That is no longer an issue now with Visual Studio Code. Um, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. like it is pretty, pretty instant. I do feel like occasionally it is using a lot of memory and a lot of CPU in places where I don't think it should. So I think it's draining my battery life, basically. Mm. Um, but, but Code is a much better behaved Electron app than... Yeah. Than Slack, totally. It is nothing. Uh, why is, to why Slack. is Slack so bad? I mean, I, I know we could probably try and have this conversation with them, but I don't. I think modern Slack, the company, isn't quite the I same disagree. as the previous Slack. We, Maybe we probably yeah. couldn't have that whole we, conversation. We, yeah, exactly. We couldn't have the conversation with them now because um, the so we tried. Uh, it's not just it's not just the electron stuff. It's the uploads. Remember, like two weeks ago, when oh. for a whole week, whole week, our uploads were just weren't working on any device. Couldn't, right? I couldn't upload anything. Yeah, and it was on my machine, oh, my God, computer, yeah. your computer. I wanted to share and pictures of stupid stuff and phone, yeah, of like my phone screenshots. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I remember yeah. this because it would work, and then you'd wake up the next morning, and it wouldn't work. And it was just like, yeah, well, for me, for me, it just didn't. And this, and to me, this is really interesting because, like, the communicate as a communication platform, you know, us three, we're constantly in touch. We're constantly talking to each other all the time. And it just seems so funny that Slack as a communication platform has all these issues when it's such a fundamental thing to what we want to do. It's yeah. it's really weird, isn't it? I mean, there are other other messaging platforms out there. Teams is is more down to work. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's work. Let's, let's let's get some work done. Teams is really great for that. But the general kind of, you know, what we tend to just keep up with each other all the time. We use channels in, in Slack for that. And it's just, it's funny the way that it's just like, it hasn't advanced. It looks, yeah. it looks pretty it's much the same, same as it always did. It hasn't got ago. any better. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's hardly any customization in there. There's no dark theme, which, you know, whether that really matters or not, I don't know. But I mean... The fact that it's not there is really obvious when I'm when you're doing stuff late at night and everything else is in dark mode. I mean, Windows itself has has a dark mode, and therefore applications like you know uh, Skype and all the other mm-hmm. you know Mail and Calendar and everything else get that for free. And then Visual Studio and Code and all those things have dark modes. And then you switch to Slack, and then it's like blinding oh. light in your face. <laughs> I. I don't want to just keep like bashing on Slack because I do think it does things very well. And I've got some notes about what I want to say that it does very well especially sure, uh, compared yeah. to teams as well. Uh, I do, uh, as you were saying earlier, I absolutely love the brand. And it was more prominent, um, obviously, a year ago, maybe. It was, especially when we started using Slack, it was like huge. And it was like, oh my God, they're so cool. You know, these emojis, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and the, the UI is I think I do, I do like the UI and it's nice and their brand continues to, to grow, I guess. Um, mm. But the, UI the applications do have their problems. And I think uh, when it comes to the fact that it is an Electron app and it has performance problems or quirks because it is not a native app, they are a very, very well-paid company and I think they should be investing well, in native applications just because they're... They are... They are though. Uh, they've got a one. They've got an app in the Windows Store. Um, yeah, but that's an they? that's an Electron app. Mm. Oh God, is it? Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because they don't want to. Maybe build, it's a talent problem. They don't want to. Maybe they've got a talent. No, no, problem. because they can. Their the, the web version uses um, the same UI that the the Mac version does and the Windows version does. I'm. I think. 
It's the same thing. The, isn't it? I, I'm pretty sure the iOS version is native. Yeah, the iOS version is, and the Windows Phone version is. Yeah, but the rest is because they can run the same in the browser, the same in, in, on the Mac, and the same on Windows. I wonder. I wonder if it's because originally. So I, I heard or read that Slack bought their technology from another company and then branded it up. And oh, that's really? how. Yeah, I, I read that. Um, and effectively, that was why they kind of they had this amazing chat platform, and it was really, really, really good because it was it'd been built really well. But they just hadn't marketed the the company that had it just hadn't marketed it correctly. They didn't I, have the brand, and and Slack and uh, Slack added added that layer on. Top. Yeah, they they focus on the brand and they made it like you know for the developers by the developers or. I think um, I think you've got this the other way around. As far as I'm aware, they had the technology and the initial app, but they uh, got a, a UX consulting agency to come in and design a new brand for them and a new UI and their entire really? thing like that. Yeah, there's a, there's um, I'll I'll dig out the company name for it. And Either way, right? It's the same same thing almost. It's, but it's you know, so this this thing is powered like I mean, let's just break this down, and I may be um grossly simplifying it but there's some html in it right and there's some css right <laughs> why is it not responsive uh, yeah. yeah okay yeah let's how just... how is this hard i don't i don't no, get you, it you, okay for a company that's, right. that's getting that money from us and tons of other people you know um microsoft and other companies big companies will be paying a lot of money to slack Mm-hmm. to use it because they i mean obviously they use teams as well but I, some of the teams use um use slack many many companies out there are paying them and how how is it that they haven't made that bar down the left hand side be responsive why doesn't it why can't i resize it why doesn't yeah. it collapse the, um, the native crazy. ios version obviously has the ability to work when you are in, for example, on the iPad, so you like get the sidebar, the side, doesn't it? and when you're in on your iPad, you're in split screen in a low mode. It'll just show the chat window, for example. Sure, which is which is Great. what you know Skype does when you when you flip it to one side, or even even Messenger, MSN. Sorry, not MSN. Um, Facebook Messenger Going back on there. Windows. If you if you make it small and put it on the side, it just looks like a the same. Well, I mean, it is the same app that runs on the phone as well, but it's you know it it can go to yeah. that. Whereas at uh, Slack, which is powered by CSS, you know, HTML and the sprinkling of JavaScript, <laughs> sprinkling, mm. um, <laughs> doesn't do it. I, it's, I don't get it. So introducing Teams into this conversation, uh, like I said earlier, we use it now for work stuff. Um, however, I prefer it. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to get into, oh, I prefer Slack or I prefer Teams because... We obviously all have different thoughts in there, and I, I I prefer it for I think for work related stuff, mm-hmm. definitely. Me too. Um, but I think Slack still has that that yeah, kind for of a small personal for a small slash group. project. Yeah, definitely an edge on it. Um, however, Teams for me falls down in areas that Slack doesn't, and Slack falls down in areas where Teams doesn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. They they don't. They're not quite. They're not one to one, are they? They're different no. things. One's missing the stuff the other one has. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And, so. and vice versa. And the the interesting thing for me is, okay, 
I've always been an advocate of Slack. And what actually is really interesting is that the three of us have used that since before we even, you know, mm-hmm. worked together in, in, in what we do now. Yeah. We used it for personal stuff, you know, just talking and just almost like an IRC substitute. And I think a lot of people started out that way. Yeah. Now, for a few people, three or four, who are all on the, you know, having the same conversation in one channel, fine, works great. But then what happens is if you've got a dev channel and then you've got six or seven developers all talking in that one channel about the same, maybe the same thing, that kind of works, fair enough. When they start to talk about different things in a single channel, and you've got three or four conversations going on at the same time in a channel, which, believe it or not, it happens a lot, mm-hmm. yeah. then it becomes a problem because mm-hmm. you can't follow it. So they then they introduced this idea of, what is it, threads? Yeah, they introduced threads. To solve yeah. that. And that, I've never used it. I've never used I've it. Never, I've never used it, even though I can see the benefit. I tested and- it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Whereas threads are, threads are on by default in the channels inside of Teams. Correct. Exactly. I mean, it took a little bit of getting used to because that, that box right yeah the box should be at the top yeah. right i don't yeah. that's i suppose that's the kind of thing for a, 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 i could go on about that forever but the box that posts a new thread should be at the top of the screen what? and the box that replies to a thread should be at the bottom of yeah. the screen which is what you know facebook does at the same time no because you reply to a thread by clicking reply yeah no i get that i i do right I do think there are <laughs> issues. Sorry, I didn't want to. I didn't want to get into the UX of. Uh, I was going to say I'm not... the UX of Teams is is an onboarding challenge. Mm, it is always, always. Everyone. Oh. When you get a new person on Teams, they're like, you, you have to nudge them and just be like, "It's Fred's, threads. Fred's based. Press reply to Fred's." Yeah, and we've all made the mistakes, and that's yeah, fine. It doesn't nudge you towards it. I mean, really, it should just go, "Hey." Two seconds ago, you just posted, and now you're doing it again. Did you actually want to reply? It doesn't like move your cursor to be a reply to the thread that you just started or anything like that. No, it, I don't think it does a very good job of that. Yeah, so you can, you can, you can uh, typically in Slack and like messages. I know me and Jordan do this a lot, it's, and, and actually Jules now as well. Uh, when we'll we'll type a message and we'll type one line, and then we'll send another and another afterwards. And we'll expect yeah. them, to, you know, because in Slack, for example, they go after each other and it's like, that's a conversation. Yes. In Teams, yeah. if you do that, it starts three separate threads. Yes. What you want is it, it, what you want, sorry, is to send one message and then each after to be your reply of that. Because, but yeah. it doesn't put your cursor in that thread. Therefore, you, you, you start new threads all the time, which yeah. is really annoying. Whereas, um, whereas I think the, the threads in, so the, but the, once you're in a thread inside of teams it works really well because you can be like oh hey i found this 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 defect and someone can reply going oh actually no it isn't press refresh it's fine that that if that conversation is done it can disappear but then if someone else started another conversation a thread earlier on yeah. which is still ongoing it kind of it stays near the bottom it stays near where you're reading mm-hmm. which arguably should be the top if if i have my way i think it'd be the other way around but um you know that way the you know it keeps that conversation together and yeah. you can have multiple people having a conversation inside that thread and if you're if you're not involved in it you can just ignore it and then someone can mention you and then you're in on it you know you can mm-hmm. get in on it whereas <clears throat> slack does a lot better job of everyone in the channel is having a conversation and for yeah. small groups for small numbers this this that is Brilliant. That works really great. And I don't think Teams has a, a, a good way of doing that, really. And I think, yeah. so I think there there are definitely, you know, um, d- 
differences in the way that they they work or the way that you end up using them. Um, Slack definitely feels more like old school IRC to me. And I grew up on IRC. I spent mm-hmm. um, the yeah. majority of my youth <laughs> on IRC. Um, and Slack really does kind of feel like that. But you know what? With IRC, I could use whatever client I wanted, and it could have a it could have whatever colors dark yeah. mode. You know, IRC support for Slack. You know, I know. You know, I tried. I tried it. it. Do you remember? I yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. How, did, yeah. how, how was it? Dog. Shit. <laughs> so, Just, what I was you kind of leaded me on to to what I was going to say there was uh, Teams doesn't have great support for viewing certain content types compared to Slack. Slack can play yeah. GIFs and show images and play videos and audio files and do pretty yeah, much the, anything you the, pass to it. And it'll just be like, yeah, the inlining this. of content is yeah. better. Yeah, in Slack, yeah. Slack, however, uh, sorry, Teams, however, does not. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel as good, does it? I, know, I mean, like, even, well, this, this is just even a file. when it does it, like if it pulls, yeah, if it pulls in like, um, you know, uh, the information, the metadata from a link, it just mm. doesn't, it doesn't do it as well. Yeah. So th- I do. Slack kind of wins on that side. The other one is notifications. The notifications in Teams are absolutely crap. Uh, for one, they've got Teams, a Teams area inside of Teams, and uh, a chat area. If you're, for me, if you're in the chat area, you do not get notifications from Teams, and if you're in the Teams yes. area, you do not get notifications from chat. Yes, I have, I have noticed ridiculous. that same issue, and I've moaned about that on on Twitter. Um, and also, I think. Um, the the number i mean i'm not i don't mind that as much but the number one issue for me for teams in terms of notifications and i don't know how it is on on the macintosh but it doesn't use the built-in yep um uh, uh alerts the notifications so it doesn't, it doesn't go in, in an action center i like so they're also <laughs> horrible the they also look disgusting they're non-native on the mac and it means that if i'm in a different space they don't show up but if I'm oh, in really? the space that teams are in, it'll show up. Oh, crazy. They they show up on different virtual desktops for me, but but I mean, it doesn't show up in Action Center. So I if can't... I turn on Quiet Hours, it doesn't respect that. Yep. It is, it is, it is really annoying that it doesn't use those. Really mm. annoying because you get used to using all these... Uh, sorry, to, you get used to using your applications using native notifications. And yeah. they're great and you can swipe them away and you can yeah. look at them later and mute them and it, at least do not disturb. That, huh? Yeah. But teams... Oh, no, they've got these massive purple blobs that show up occasionally when you don't actually want them. Yeah, they are. They are pretty bad. Uh, and just to uh, to hit on some teams some more, uh, the drag and drop <laughs> support is terrible. Slack, I love the fact that I can uh, pick something up with my mouse, uh, you know, CMD tab to Slack, drop it in there anywhere in the window, and it'll say, where do you want me to put this? Oh, I want I you to send this yeah. to... I want you to send this to to you know to Jules or to Jordan, or I want you to put it in random or general, uh, or myself or whatever. Teams, nope. You drag it into it, and you have to put it in. You have to when you have to put it directly into the text box. That bugs me. I just want to check it in Teams. I don't care. That's because there's multiple areas it could go to, though. I well, no, because Slack Slack brings up that modal where I can choose where it goes to, and I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. It's totally linear in that respect. You've got channels that you can say, oh, I just want it to this channel, to this person, or to this group. With Teams, you've got so many different threads and so many potential mm-hmm. places it could go. I don't think it's 
plausible. But what it means is that if I'm if I am working on something and I'm like, oh, I need to send this to to Jordan, right? I can literally pick it up and drag it into Slack and say, "All right, send it to Jordan." Mm. Yeah, I think it would be nice to have that. If it, when it comes to Teams, it means I have to, I have to. If I had that file in front of me, I have to switch to Teams, select you, then switch back to where the file is, drag it, switch back to Teams, drag it in, and make sure I put it in the text box. Wait for it to upload, and you know, press enter. And I can't do anything in between. That. It, it's. I really do think that I prefer I prefer Slack's way of handling that much better. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it, just in general, uploading files and stuff is better in Slack. Yeah, for now. For now, I I, I think um, I think Teams Teams is they. I mean, they're obviously actively working on it, but um, I do I would say that I do feel like they haven't moved as fast as I would like. I haven't seen an update since I installed it at all. Yeah, Visual Studio Code is a prime example of how quickly Microsoft certain teams within Microsoft can work. I know it's open source software. I know it's a little bit different, but if you look at Visual Studio Code, which is an Electron yeah. app as well, they are releasing an update every code, month. Yeah, right? code, code is one of my mm. favorite things from the company uh, at the moment. I just, they, yeah. they are, they they ship, they thank people who help, they um, they talk, you know, they're, they're good at engaging. There's yeah. just, everything about it is a perfect example. Whereas Teams, I did... I did uh, reach out to someone on Twitter for Teams and said, hey, look, I would love to chat to you about this. And they said, sure, you know, they, they DM'd me and said, drop me an email. And I did. And I and it just it just died. It never happened. And, I'll, you know, I'll see if I can contact her again and just get some, some mm. you know, more conversation going. But I would love to help because with code, you know, I have, I've, I feel like I've helped shape that application because I've, I've yep. talked to the guys who work on it and you know we've 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 spent time you know talking to them about it i remember in particular andrew with his tabs begging them to add tabs and now he doesn't even use tabs and you know what uh, andrew i'm not using tabs either i'm not using no. them either right now we don't use tabs but, anymore cause <clears throat> i realized what they were going for in vs code was great yes yeah um but, yeah. but but anyway i feel like i feel like that is a really good example right and what i want is uh you know no matter what, we're always going to have multiple communication platforms because, you know, I use, I have uh, Skype, I have um, Facebook Messenger, which I don't tend to use very much, but that's just like, that's like the rest of the world can get in touch with me through that. You know, people who mm-hmm. I have on Facebook, people who aren't you from school and stuff like that can get in touch with me on that. Um, you know, Skype, which I tend to use for a lot of, um, well, we're using it now, but I also tend to use it for, for work and stuff as well and then there's always going to be teams which is per company because it's it's owned by the it's, it's integrated with office so it's like part of that active directory and so on but this for us this kind of you know um collaboration that we ha- we do for all these kind of side projects and, and you know personal chat and everything else i'm i'm happy to continue to use slack for this but i just mm. i really want to feel the way about that communication platform, like in in the way that I do about code or something, you know, yeah. where I feel like it's going to be, you know, maintained and mm-hmm. that the people care about it and that it is fast performance, and I can just go to it and start typing and just use it. And instead, you know, we've got this really cumbersome thing that doesn't react well to the way that I want to use it. And yeah. It just I, that's, feel that's right. the thing. I I don't want to give up on Slack. It's not that I don't want to give up on Slack. I love using Slack, and I want to continue to use Slack for the reasons we use it for. For yeah. example, so it, it's it's for, it's like IRC. Up. It's like exactly. our own private IRC channel. Uh, sorry, network, and I like that. 
I love it. And I think it's something that I've grown to kind of cherish and enjoy that we've, we've got together in a, yeah. you know, getting really emotional on you. Um, we literally use it every day. Like and we, we, yeah, we, we have done since, since we started using it because at the time, uh, me and Jordan working together at a previous company and you were working at a different company and we were chatting all the time about code stuff and just keeping up to date. And then, we started the company and it became a hub for that and it was great. And then with Teams, I see the value in having that for work-related stuff. And I, I want to keep everything traceable and um, mm-hmm. logged in there and keep up to date yeah. with people. And, you know, I have all our, our code stuff going to there, for example. And and I love that. However, they both have the they both have these areas where they're just lacking and it bugs the living hell out of me that I, I just want to see them be great applications because they they are great but they they can be much better and you know you always want to see better from your applications now the thing that annoys me the most is that you do seem to get updates with slack um obviously that we've seen but they are focusing on the wrong things teams however yeah. i have not seen an update since since i installed it which is way over a month ago i do and get updates i have seen updates I got one. I got one fairly recently. Um, it's inside of uh, um, Teams. Uh, yeah, it was, it was last updated yesterday. Right. No, well, they're so not doing. There are, there okay. are they are doing updates, and they do. I think you can opt into being told about them. Whereas I think I'm just having a look now. Uh, there was this what's new in in um, in Slack analytics, more data, and a fresh look. Start with the mm. highlights when you have lots to catch up on. I don't have lots to catch up on because there's only a few of us, but um, now presenting they screen sharing in Slack, Ugh, yawnorama. Improvements to how you manage guests in Slack. Eh, we don't use that either. Just, all I'm, you know what, right? It's, it's crazy. They're doing such, you know, like f- such features that require so much work and stuff like that. They can and just they make it responsive <laughs> in a couple of like, give it a day. It'd take them a day if that to get make it responsive. And I'd be, <laughs> I'd be so. amazed. I'd be like, oh my god, Slack's amazing again. Like, it's great. Yeah. But I know. No. Why doesn't it why doesn't it use the operating system emoji either? I mean I I, I don't know what emoji you use, but I use the uh, um, I've got used to that. I use the Twitter emoji in it. I disabled emoji on my iPad completely system wide. My phone, I didn't use it at all until recently and i've started to use it a little bit more but yeah i'm happy with i'm fine with the the slack emoji because the fact is then it's consistent across all the devices and that's the one thing that annoys me about having the apple emoji and the windows emoji and android emoji because android are terrible and the microsoft ones to me are terrible and (laughs) I think the, win- I like the, the Microsoft ones. the Microsoft ones and the iOS ones are, are very similar. They they've got a different. It's look, not just iOS, by the way. The intent is it's, very it's similar. Apple. Oh, well, okay. the Mac runs them as the well. Apple Apple ones in general, except for that yeah. absolutely unbelievably stupid and potentially dangerous decision about changing the gun into a water pistol. How is that dangerous? How how is that dangerous? If someone sends a person A. Oh, okay. Uh, who right. is an Apple yeah. user sends person B an emoji saying, "Hey, do you want to come to the park?" <laughs> and puts a, a water pistol um, emoji in it because they're like, "Yeah, we can play water pistols." 
right? Person B on uh, an Android gets it and calls the police because they're like, there's a terrorist in the park because they're threatening to shoot people. Okay. Because it's a gun emoji, not a water pistol emoji. So iOS users are blindly going, oh yeah, look at this water pistol. This is fun. At the same time though, there should not be a gun emoji. Of course there should be a gun emoji. There should be all sorts of emojis. All the emojis. I don't think there should be a gun emoji. At all. Well, I, I, I mean, there is there is one, and it's part of Unicode, and it's like it's like saying there shouldn't be an X, a Y, and a Z. No. So, mm. I right. I don't know. Let's, I don't know. But, but, I, but, but one, yeah, one. Get back to get back to the topic because we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> like fix up teams, fix up, but keep going. Yeah. I guess. I and you know, I I do feel like we've got some really, really good software right now. Software in general. There's some really there's some really nice bits of software out there. Really smart, intelligent things. There's some mm. really kind of good, interesting UIs coming out. And um I just feel like Slack it, it hasn't hasn't really done any of that. Yeah. I'm still um, using the default theme as well, just to yeah, add that in. Too. Yeah. That brownish greenish thing whatever it is you mean it's Purple-y, uh yeah purple egg brown thing whatever it is i don't know whatever yeah it's it cute and i've changed it a couple of times in the last two years uh, i but tried just, changing it yeah it's stuck on the default well they um, they changed the way that they do sorry just to rant about the themes they changed the way that they did the title bar at the top and the title bar at the top is now driven by what your theme is on windows anyway so that you know the the actual title bar of the window and when i had my previous theme which was a lighter theme it made that um bar at the top look ridiculous and there's no way of of changing it so i was just like well actually screw this and just went back to aubergine is the name of the default theme Mm. yeah i i do like that though i do like the default theme i think the other themes are a bit weird uh there should be the ability to it does it is weird how it just changes the left left portion though and you know not the right yeah it doesn't change the back of the, which is of weird. the window the the, the back uh, the background of the chat window yeah which, which is, is actually something thing. code did for a while where you couldn't change the the ui style and it was just the 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 inner yes of it, yes you're just weird. changing the the theme of the text editor not yeah. the not the workbench as they call it now and yeah and now you can change everything mm-hmm. it's, it just it does beg the question that Slack must have tons of engineers, right? Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? They're working Add, on adding screen sharing and screen stuff like that, video calling and analytics. But analytics? isn't it already what analytics? But, but isn't it, isn't analytics. screen sharing already in there? What well, is now? Apparently, well, yeah, but what, what, they put two of like, them in what, there. How many user interface engineers does it take to put screen sharing into the system? How many user interface engineers does it take to make it responsive? One yeah. exactly, yeah, well, and one I'd... day. Okay, maybe not one day, but <laughs> oh god, yeah, come on, they they don't have a plan for it. They, they know uh, how they must. Ha- they must have a prototype for it. Yeah, I mean, they must have. Maybe they're just doing it to piss everyone off. It's working. <laughs> yeah, it, <is. laughs> it definitely is. I also, like you said earlier, Jules, I do miss the fact that the every time you contact support now, it's like, oh, by the way, you're running my machine at 100 percent all the time. They're like. Please send a ticket to support, and yeah. you know we'll get. And then they're like, "Oh, can we have oh. a screenshot?" And then basically they go, 
ah, we don't really know what to do here. And that yeah. happens every time. Yeah. Send me your logs. Send me yeah. the logs. Because we actually look at the processes and we actually can see what's going on because we're yeah. using like Process Explorer and stuff to actually de- debug it as much as we can. And they don't really know what to do with that information. And I'll tweet them and I'll just be like, look, you've got this problem. And they're like, please send a message to support. And I won't. Because I, I know that it, they'll go down a path and I don't Whereas want to before, deal with it. They used to be like, oh, really sorry to hear that crying emoji. Yeah. Um, it, you know, <laughs> at least yeah. at least then you felt like you were actually talking to someone. Yeah, Do you remember maybe. when we were starting our company when we were looking into things like the, the brand of the company and things like that? And we were like, hmm, we couldn't really go down the... Uh, the root of emoji could we it was like no no but we, no, but, we looked but we at did slack. look at yeah we did look at slack as a good example of of how they back then used to show themselves um on mm. on social media and stuff um but i feel like a lot of that's a lot of that's gone maybe maybe that's what it is maybe there were some people who did those things back in the day and maybe they've moved on i don't really know what the i don't know what the um the internals of uh, Slack is. I know uh, Paul Betts used to work for Slack. He did. Um, he did the Electron interface, uh, right. the application, the desktop application. And I know he's. He, you know he did. He worked on obviously Electron and other things as well. And he has moved on, and he's off doing his own things now. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they have lost a, a large amount of talent there. But I don't know whether he was doing. He, he, I, it's my understanding he was more of an engineer in terms of getting the application running than a, you know experience you know he's not a ux person he's a developer yeah but i think you know he he would look into a lot of those things like the the issues with the um you know performance um Mm. Remember, remember when we used to have that issue when whenever someone was typing a message it, it was impossible oh. to send a message god that was brilliant looking back on it and by brilliant, I mean brilliantly frustrating. It was, it was so. Phantom bad. typing was the best one. It was like, are they typing or are they not? Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd be like, and you'd send them. I'd send Jordan a message. <laughs> yeah, I'd send Jordan a message on 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 Slack. Uh, sorry, on like iMessage. Like, have you been typing for six hours? He's like, no, I'm asleep. No. And it was like, yeah, right. <laughs> something weird's going on like you just get that you, all the time. you're like is this person just about to reply to me or not yeah do i do i reply in between and then eventually you're just like all right i've waited four hours i might as well just go for it but thankfully that does not happen anymore i mean occasionally we do get the lag because but uh, very rarely now but oh the it was lag. unbearable i never had that right, lag. it was insane that lag was that lag was so bad it was unbelievable it was it made the application impossible to use basically um especially for me because i think it was just a little bit worse over rdp but it was uh it was just as bad on the on the pc anyway but we you just start typing and if so, if someone else it, we just send messages saying it's like it's I can't I can't talk to you about this right now, you know. Let's talk about it later. Which, when you're trying to, you know, encourage communication between people, is the the worst thing. And I'm mm. I'm super glad that that we don't have that issue now. But yeah, and and just yeah. on just going back to the whole Teams and Slack dynamic differences. So. Something that I really, really like about Office 365 is just paying that one price a month, add a user, and they get access to emails, uh, they get Office, they get Teams, right? OneDrive. <clears throat> OneDrive. But that's one account to manage across a whole organization, right? And 
I know Slack do integrations with, you know, I think they, they do like Active Directory integrations and single sign-on integrations, which is, you know, all well and good, but you have to pay extra for that. Quite a bit by the looks of it. You know, we pay maybe several pounds a month to Office 365 mm. per user per month, and we get all this. And then it's integrated. You know, my OneDrive files are already integrated to Teams, and all the groups are there, mm. and that's it. You know, it's just away you go. And this isn't this, this isn't Slack's fault. This is just a, one of the benefits that I find. Yeah, and that's and that's why Teams was a no brainer, isn't it? Because if yeah. Teams was a standalone product, we it would have taken more thought. But straight away, you're just like, well, you know, we need an, we need to have this collaboration, this chat. We need to have this because it's useful. But we can't continue to use Slack because of all the history in it and everything else mm. um so it was just no brainer just straight away teams that's that's the obvious thing because of the fact that it's integrated into office 365 and everything else mm-hmm. yeah but i still i still want to use slack though i still want to use it i enjoy using it with you guys and i still want to use Definitely. it but i would yeah i would love to see it get better will we ever see the day in which uh, slack gets an update and is responsive we'll have to find out true and um, so. We're growing our team and Teams is great for, I know this sounds strange, but one of the reasons we wanted to like get to where we are, you know, as a, as a bunch of friends, as a, as a group of friends, but also with this passion for our business that's surrounded by technology is because every day, 24-7, we're in Slack talking to each other. It might not be about business, it might be around you know, funny cat pictures or something like that. Yes, funny cat teams, pictures. Yeah, teams, while we are like that, the rest of the company shouldn't necessarily be like that. Yes, yeah. you can't and, expect everyone yeah. to be on it all the time. And I think with teams, it gives that boundary, not just by using a different application, but the whole threading system, the one-on-one chats. It's not like everyone's in one channel. Mm. Um, you can subscribe to them and, you know, you can follow follow them, but you're not like, constantly notified of everything that goes on whereas if you join a channel in slack i know you've got different notification preferences but it just feels like you're integrated into that channel and everything you see it's just everything 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 from everyone teams i'm happy to ignore areas of it that i know that stuff is going on and i can read that later it's not the the here and now and at the same time i I, i'm happy to leave slack if you know because i think i think the thing about us guys is is we Obviously, you know, we talked about productivity before, but if we want to, if we're going to get some work done, you know, Slack's going to, you know, take a breather for a minute while we, you know, sort something out or, you know, it'll be something we look at when we're, you know, waiting for something to build or taking a break or whatever. So with, with teams, I mean, you can do that kind of thing, but I feel as though if there's something in teams and someone's actually like at mentioning you in teams, it's probably quite important or it's something, you know, that you, you should probably get to. Whereas yes. with Slack, I know I can just leave that. And if someone's yeah. at mentioning me, it's like, oh, you know what? I can check that later because yeah. anything important is going to be in teams. Yeah. There's a difference between me talking to Jordan about something that is because something's broken and something needs some attention versus me showing him the latest pictures from star trek discovery <laughs> exactly <laughs> which is yeah which is like one's one's perfectly fine for random in slack and the other one is something's going on which is sort of business. if you're wondering listeners that is actually a common common thing where i'll be like right they're talking star trek and 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna yeah. go do this instead. And the, the way this usually works, and John will know this, is first write Jordan's name. Then there's no, there's no <laughs> yeah. message pages because you have to go source the image to send or something. <laughs> so you get this. Just just mention someone's name just to get just to get their attention first. Then go off and do it. I remember, yeah. in fact, coming back to those upload bugs, and in fact, yesterday. Um, I remember when I was when I was putting the iMac photos in our in our Slack channel, and I was like, "Why is it Why is it taking ages to send? They're gonna think I'm taking the piss. Like, come on, come on, send, send." And it was like, "What?" And then everyone's like, "What? What's up? You know, what's the problem?" And you're just like, <laughs> "It's uploading." And in, in fact, a, quite a common thing for us to say between us is "incoming," which means yeah. there is a file coming. And Slack <laughs> is taking time to upload yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 coming. I, I I actually took to using multiple machines. Like I would I'd, I'd send on one machine, and then I'd be like talking to you on the other one, saying it's just sending now. It's on the other machine. Uh, so yeah, let's hope we we get some updates from these applications soon. Teams first. Uh, I, I right. This is my order. I want Slack to be responsive. And then that can that's fine for me. Teams then afterwards, just one day, just one day, please make Slack responsive, and I'm happy. Thanks for listening to the Mavis Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode at mavispodcast.com and tweet us any questions you may have at Mavis Podcast on Twitter. Once again, we'd really appreciate your views on iTunes under Mavis. And finally, you can find Julian on Twitter at Julian K, Jordan at Jordan is on fire, and I'm at Andrew Halfway.